0: Hey, welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am here at the Lawn and Landscape Society event in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, sitting down with Naylor Taliaferro, the lawn care rookie. We've commandeered Paul's podcasting desk here. We threw him out of the room so that we could record a quick episode for you guys. So thanks for tuning in.
1: Yeah. And thanks for having me, Cody. Yeah, man. Thanks for being (laughs) here. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for
0: joining me at the the
1: commandeered desk. Right, yeah. Well, you helped put it together, so it's only fair.
0: (laughs) Yes, I I was in here while Paul assembled
1: things. Right, yeah. Interrupting him to film a YouTube short. Right, right.
0: Yeah, so I thought that we would talk today just a little bit about some of the, we were talking on the Green Industry Podcast with, you know, like a big roundtable sort of situation about what you are doing, like, systems-wise to improve your processes for the spring rush. Yeah. And so I thought it would be cool to kind of break those down a little bit. Some of the stuff that I you know, have trouble speaking to as a marketer and not as a lawn care business owner.
1: Yeah. Well, so the biggest thing for me is, uh, as everyone in the industry knows, the spring rush is called the spring rush for a reason, right? So because it's just a rush, it's extremely fast paced, you know, as soon as the weather breaks, everybody just starts going crazy on phone calls, emails, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, in the beginning, I had no idea really how to mitigate that, you know, but as through social media and trial and error and as new things develop, whether it be, you know, REMS or call service. You know, all these different things to try and put systems in place to make it a little more manageable because mm-hmm. it gets super stressful when you get all of this work that comes in constantly, or all, all the, the requests for work, I should say, and you're trying to do the work you already have. You know, if, if you're aren't just starting out brand new and you already have clients and work lined up. You're trying to get that work done. Your phone's running off the hook, email's blowing up. Maybe you got messages on Facebook or other platforms that you might be on and and it gets really overwhelming. So, I mean, I know for me, every year, the last several years, I, I try to you know, channel that so that it's not uncontrollable for me. Like what, what can I take off my plate? What can I delegate? What can I just try to shift so that I'm not so overwhelmed? So like I used in, in, in a, the Green Street podcast example last year, the biggest thing was I used a call service so that My phone, my business phone number is connected to them and they have a script and all these things that are all, you know, we, we, it's like a whole process to get everything established and what to do and what scenario. And then some of it's still a little little bit of a learning curve as you get the calls. But then once you get it dialed in and in a short amount of time, then they're taking all the calls, handling everything. I don't get notified. Well, I get notified of every single call. I get a log and email at the end of the day. Or throughout the day, I think it was. However, you want it to, to be structured, and then, you know, o- only the things that I told them that I need to be notified for, are the things they got notified for. Like mm-hmm. if an employee is calling me or a customer is calling me back, you know, there are certain things where they would know. Okay, let me connect you, and then they, then they would just ring my phone back, and they would call oh, me. That's cool. Yeah, they would call me and be like, Hey, this is so and so from such and such, and you know we have so-and-so on the line or whatever. We have Susie on the line or, you know, your employee, you know, want to see if he's working tomorrow or whatever, you know, just whatever random things. And then there was follow-up things where I would have to then follow up that wasn't for that. Just like any customers that actually met all the criteria, like they're in our service area, they're asking for services that we offer and okay, now they want a quote. So I could just send them a quote or if they wanted to talk first, you know, I could just contact them, however information. And then they got all their information. And so, like, sometimes me being on the fly constantly in the past, I would, like... Sometimes neglect to get all the information, you know. Like I'd get their, like I would have their phone number if they called me already, but I would like forget to the, get their email or this or that or whatever, and, and then I'd have to like call them back or contact them another way, and, and, and that was a lot of wasted time. And those minutes yeah. add up, you know, especially when you're busy trying to cut grass or do landscape projects, putting down mulch. You're busy doing the work, and your phone's ringing off the hook, and, and it's you know it, it gets really stressful. So to have that resource, just as one of many examples, it really helped. Take Take a lot of workload and stress off of my plate because a lot of workload off my plate and stress off my shoulders because as my phone rang 80 something times that first month in April where it really gets out of control in Central Virginia where where I live now. I just knew like my phone rang and then boom, it just went straight to them. And and it was like a huge relief because I didn't have to worry about handling all that. And it wasn't until later, you know, where if it filtered down to me, then I would follow up with quotes and stuff. But half of the stuff was just a whole bunch of people calling from different areas, asking for different services. And they just handled it and said, sorry, you know, we don't, they had a whole professional script, you know, and just basically told them, sorry, we don't, we don't we're not help, we don't offer that service or we're not in this area or whatever. And I never even have to dealt with it. So it was just huge, you know, to not have to, Deal with all that, so that's just one of many ways that I try to control what I can control in the spring rush. You know, you're going to get tons of people contacting you no matter what. The longer in business you are, the more you get contacted. The more marketing you do, the more you get contacted, and so on. But you're, you're bound to get contacted somehow or another, and that's that was a huge headache for me of how to how to control all that because I just never had enough time. I'd be, you know, I'd be like, we'd all be we'd be done for the day, and then I'd be sitting in the truck at the end of the day by myself, you know, missing dinner, going through emails and voicemails and trying to contact people and then doing quotes. And it just, it it got out of hand, you know, and when you're a solo owner operator, it might be a little bit easier in the beginning to control. that. Like, you are like, Oh, I only get like, you know, a dozen calls or whatever, but you need to think f- ahead so that, you know, if you are trying to grow, when you get to that point, it, it gets out of control and you get 80 something calls, you know, in a month, It gets kind of overwhelming.
0: Well, and a lot of guys will talk about, you know, oh, my goal is to double the size of the business this year, triple the size of the business. And if that is your goal and then you don't happens, have a way to, and you don't have yeah. anything in place to handle it, if right. your call volume suddenly tripled because that was your goal. Right. How are you dealing with it? Right. And when you start asking these questions is when you run into it, we want to triple the size of the business. What's your marketing budget? 20 bucks. Yeah. That's uh, not going to work. Yeah. yeah so thinking sure. about everything that goes into your goals, and that's why it's important to have like for the spring rush, you need to have, what are, what are you trying to hit? What's your revenue goal? How many new customers is that? We talked about this on our YouTube channel last week. I think by the time, yes, at some point in the past, we talked about figuring out your 2023 marketing strategy because it's going to be dependent on how many new customers do you need to add? What's your revenue goal and and how much do you need to spend to get there based on what you spent last year to get new clients in the door? Yeah. One thing I will say about organizing systems in your business is that I saw the exact same thing that you did. I took the thing that took the most time away from me, like actually helping clients last year. And it was fielding calls and emails from, you know, kind of like, warm leads but not like ready to make a purchasing decision leads and so that all those emails happen automatically now it asks the follow-up questions that i need to know to be able to you know know is this someone we could work with all of that everything that i was doing i heard I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard someone say that like the, this third time you write the same email, you should figure out a way to automate it. (laughs) Right. There you Um, go. That's a good one. And you know, I didn't listen to that advice for a long time and sent the exact same email. I would copy and paste it. Right. Um,
1: Still the, the, the task of
0: copying and pasting. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And so now everybody that contacts us hears back in 10 minutes.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Automate automation. That's the way to go. Yeah. And and I something I wanted to say too is my motto for a long time has been think big stay small. So like even though I'm not a million dollar business and I'm not actually even aspiring to have, you know, 10 crews and be a million dollar business or whatever that looks like, I still want to kind of think like a million dollar business and, mm-hmm. and incorporate whatever I can into my smaller business, you know. So and in, and in a lot of ways that's phone you know having a call service or automating different things like that so that you can just be forward thinking and prepare for any kind of growth, whether that be half a million dollar growth or a million growth or whatever you want to prepare and put those systems in place so i 've always been about think big, stay small like before I had employees, what would that even look like? How would I pay them you know and and ask these questions and follow up with peers and mentors and figure out oh, okay quickbooks has a whole payroll thing that's pretty legit i don't have to necessarily get like a payroll service you know it's easy enough for me to do myself or my wife who's a bookkeeper for everywhere that she's worked over her lifetime like you know payroll services she can do it you know using quickbooks and but i was always thinking about these things way ahead of time before i actually needed them because it's a lot easier to do that than go backwards and be like oh man we just exploded our growth and now we don't know anything about all these things and we're you know we're chasing our tail kind of kind of thing so that's always been my motto and it doesn't always work out perfectly but I always try to stay think think ahead of what where I could be and, and what do I need to do to get there and prepare for that and and so on so
0: yeah and when you're actually thinking about those things and building toward them they become a lot more possible than right. when they're just you know wishes in one hand And
1: right yeah well Paul had asked me on his podcast too he said You know, uh, because I I came from retail, he was like, you know, "Is, is like the spring rush comparable to like Black Friday and the holiday season? And I said, it is a lot comparable to that. But the biggest takeaway, I think, from that is planning. So, you know, we planned for like almost a year, it seemed like we would planned for months and months to really get everything kind of ironed out, come up with a strategy and, you know, reflecting on the previous holiday season, what went well, what didn't, you know, like, how can we fit, you know, the company obviously would have their own new ways of doing certain things. Oh, this is how we're going to manage the lines. This is going to make the registers faster, blah, blah, blah. And we'd come up with a whole plan um, all the way down to the individual store levels. And, and and that would help us execute things better. Of course, you know, things get get wacky and don't always work out perfect. And you got to go, you got to just think on the fly, but the more you plan, the better you'll be. And that's the same thing with the whole spring rush for our industry. It's like, if you can plan ahead of time, like, okay, what has been a big headache phone calls or, you know, reaching back out to people or, you know, this particular service or this service area is just too difficult for us to deal with. Okay, let's cut them out before the season even starts. Give them an opportunity to find someone to replace them if you don't have a referral already for them and you know start figuring that out before you get to the spring rush. So, have a plan so that hopefully you can make it le- as less stressful as possible and be as profitable as you can.
0: Yeah. I know one of the huge pain points in especially on the maintenance side of the business is getting employees in the door. Yeah. Do you have any, any
1: hiring tips that you want to give people? Honestly, the biggest thing that I found is just to just never give up. Like if you need employees and, and you want to grow your business, then just don't, stop. Like you just have to be relentless. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sooner or later you will find good people and then you just got to do your part to keep them, you know, and, and keep yeah. them happy, pay them well, try and build a good company culture, whether that's just you and a couple of people or a whole, you know, multiple crews or whatever that looks like, you can still adjust that accordingly and, and have a good working atmosphere and environment. Cause people are going to, people leave more for the bad environment than bad pay. People mm-hmm. are willing to stay for less money. If they enjoy where they work yeah. But they can they, they
0: won 't even think to look
1: right they right they're just they 're happy with their job but if if they 're getting paid a ton of money but they feel terrible going to work every day then they're just they're willing to just go somewhere else for less pay sometimes just to be happy so that's mm-hmm. so so of course there's there's all that but it you know someone locally to me that struggle that struggled and still struggles like everybody else trying to keep fine and keep good people you know, he really broke that down for me. He, he's all, all about numbers. And he was just saying all these things about all the application, all the applicants, all the interviews, all the people, you know, you, you whittle that down, like hundreds of people down to like a handful of people that actually showed up for an interview. And then less of them that actually came to work the first day. And, Less of that, that even stayed past the first week. And it's just like this constant cycle. But what I, what I took away from that was that he just didn't stop. Like mm-hmm. he heard somewhere something that, like, you know, whatever your pain point is or whatever your biggest struggle is, just invest all your time and energy in it. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. He put a ton of money in it. He sponsored all, like, I'm a big, fan of indeed and he was using indeed as well i think a lot of people just use indeed in general it's one of the biggest you know job applicant forms or whatever out there so i just like a lot of things about it the you know the way that the way it's structured and and all the applicants and all that kind of stuff but at any rate you can spend a lot of money to sponsor all all, like your job so it's always the top of research list and it stays relevant and 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 they they give you access to more things you know for you to actually go through applications and resumes and getting to invite people to apply that look qualified Correct. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to that. And, and he so he just in, kept investing. I think like maybe one month he invested up to like five hundred bucks, you know, to get all of these. I think actually he talked to Indeed. That's what it was. He talked to Indeed and he's like, What do I gotta do to get more applicants? And they're like, Oh, you gotta spend about five hundred bucks. You know, like that's a good budget, you know. And so he just went all in, and, and that's how slowly but surely over the course of one season he finally started building up his, his crews to a, a good number. And of course mm-hmm. there's always that back and forth, people are gonna leave. And you got to find new people, but he just—you just have to keep the momentum. You know, you can't like just do it and then stop. Oh, we got a good people, and then stop, and then all of a sudden you start losing people. Like you have to constantly yeah, kind of keep pe- the yeah, you got to keep the pedal, you know, the pedal down constantly when it comes to staffing. It's just one of those things to to keep your team strong. You're always going to just like with your clients. You know, you you don't want to stop you know, putting out quotes for the right people in the right places for the right services you want to keep, cause there's always going to be bottom people that you can filter out and fill in those holes. Same thing with staffing. You can always find room for good people. Yeah. I remember that from retail too. We never stopped not hiring. Like we never stopped hiring. We always had like now hiring available everywhere Yeah. at every, at, some, at like, um, One of some of the companies I worked for because that was a thing, you know, like you can always make room for good people. So you don't want to deny potentially good people by saying, no, we're not hiring right now. Like always have people apply because you never know who you're going to find. So yeah, just some things like that. Just basically, you know, make sure that you are only searching and don't, don't let up really is what it comes down to. To
0: loop it back around to the systems conversation we were having, the, the Indeed ecosystem. Does kind of function as a like full hiring system you can integrate into your company from, you know, you rewrite your job description to be really good. You then are filtering applicants as they come in, you're paying to promote it there. The thing I really like is the automated phone interview Mm -hmm. where it asks them three, you know, pretty simple questions, but one of them is about conflict in the workplace. And we do, if, if people listening don't know this, we do indeed hiring ads for companies. So I can't tell you how many guys have applied for lawn care tech positions and disqualified themselves in the automated phone interview. Like, yeah, I, you know, I handle conflict in the workplace by getting into fist fistfights. Yeah, like, right. Just say, they'll
1: say the darndest things. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, Seriously.
0: The first time it happened, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I was telling everyone and then it happened again. And again, and I was like, okay, cool, cool. People are just going to, just going to let me know. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Uh, I can't refer you (laughs) on It's I think it's a liability (laughs) issue for my company at that point, Right. but it's a whole system you can plug into the business and take a lot of hiring off your plate because if you can get someone to disqualify themselves in an automated phone interview, then that's one less in-person interview you had to have where they told you something crazy like that. Right. So yeah, I think that that's, you know, we can Plug that system right in this yeah. spring and start hiring before the rush hits. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about a couple months ago, Robert and I talked about like the best time to hire is when all your competitors are laying people off. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of that. You really need to start staffing, staffing up if you're going to be ready for the spring.
1: Yeah. Well, I I already went through, I had about 80 something applications in a course of like two to three weeks. I went through 80 something applications, reached out to about a dozen of them to set up for interviews out of those 80 something And out of those three people agreed to come to an interview, two showed up. I only hired one. (laughs) So it's just like, man, you know, so like, but, but you just have to keep getting after it, you know, and and it's, it's not like I need 50 people. So fortunately, Mm -hmm. but you know, if I did, I would just need to keep, you know, keep getting after keeping after it, but still like, I keep updating my application, make sure that, you know, that, that it's still relevant and still out there and I'm still collecting more people. But yeah, cause right now everyone's, or or soon people are going to start looking for work and Mm -hmm. this is that time. So you got to figure that out. So,
0: yeah. Well, Naylor, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You're one of my favorite guests to have on. (laughs) Well,
1: thanks. I appreciate that. I always enjoy having a good conversation, talking shop. Yeah, man.